Hello and welcome to Concert Pipeline. That's Jen Schiphol. And that is Steve Jones. And today on the podcast, Jens, we're going to go deep into Live in the Vineyard here uh, in Napa. You know this is one of my favorite festivals, if not my favorite, to to feature on the program, right? You know what? I can argue that just a little bit because I know you're such a huge fan of the other big name show that comes to your neck of the woods bottle rock yes i like bottle rock but for different reasons and it's a lot to handle so and and they don't give me free passes anywhere so fuck them oh so well there you go that makes it really that, easy that makes then. the decision easy doesn't yeah. it so. <laughs> ungrateful people i know right so uh so bottle rock's okay i, mean, I like its presence in, in that but that it exists and you know and the nostalgia fact i mean the fact that that didn't exist when i was a kid you know in in my backyard and the fact and we have huge artists that come a lot of times really good artists so yeah that's absolutely cool. absolutely i mean it used to be where you had to you know really go out of your way and, and travel you know crazy epic road trip or hop on a plane or something to get to a festival like this and boom here it is just around the corner from where you live now yeah yeah it's pretty great so um so this time we're going to feature uh some performances from live in the vineyard we don't have an interview for this episode but um but we're going to uh, bring in uh, some performances from the uh, uh from the festival i didn't get to go to the whole thing which is a struggle it's a real struggle for me because i love it so much and it's uh, it's so magical like it's it's just so great to have these artists again and in, this is for kind of a different reason it's just intimate and acoustic and like vibrating uh, with you know through the walls of the venues that they play these artists that are you know uh, can play much bigger venues that play stripped down sets uh, in uh, you know in Napa and uh, and so it's it's so cool but uh, but I'm, I have that conflict now because, it, you know, the dates that it happens, at least in November, you know, um, I either, you know, I have kids and now getting into hunting, that's, you know, kind of taking a, a focus as well. So I got, I'm finding that balance and I got to go to some live in the vineyard, uh, but, uh, but I got a lot of help from uh, my girlfriend, Tracy, who really lived it up at the, the festival this year. It sounds like she was the, the rock star who at the time and the, uh, energy and resources and stuff to go. But I'm trying to think of, gosh, when were we there last time? It was a it was, while ago. They do this it, it was like twice a ago, year, right? right? Yeah. yeah. They do this twice a year? It was during this time, though, t- two years ago, I think. Right? Yeah. Because um, you, went one, you went one night. Um, I was doing the Ragnar race, uh, and I think that was 2016. That That's I, crazy. That I did that. Back you know? when you used to do these nutty marathons. Right. And and then uh, the next night, I, I mean, I had done the Ragnar race, ended in Napa, uh, for, you know, 200 plus mile or so, to, roughly 200 mile run with 11 other uh, racers on, on my team that from San Francisco to, to Napa, swerving throughout the bay over the course of like 48 hours uh, and uh, and ended in Napa. And normally that would take the piss out of anybody. And it it definitely did, but my love for Live in the Vineyard couldn't hold me back from going to that second night of Live in the Vineyard. And I'm so glad I did because my favorite musician, Andrew McMahon, was a surprise guest uh, uh, at the the festival. So that really energized energized me back. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, this... This festival brings some big names, you know, from all over the place. Oh, yeah. And, um, but like you said, it's a very, very intimate setting. No matter where you sit um, in this little theater, um, 
you've got not just a great seat, but an incredible performance you might not otherwise, you know, see from the bands that show up. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, uh, so we're going to bring some performances uh, a little bit later. Uh, we'll have performances from Michael Franti, uh, Jason Mraz. Uh, he also played. I was bummed to miss his performance because uh, uh, while I I'm not the hugest fan of him, I really like his you know I like his music. I, uh, I like his style. It's just one of those artists I never really spent a lot of time getting into. Mm-hmm. I did about 12 years ago to get to see a really intimate performance from him where he played for like 20 people. Uh, back when he had his single "The Remedy," like his first mm-hmm. single on the on the radio, um, and uh, and got to meet him back then, uh, so I was I, I was hopeful I'd get to do that, but I had the kids and uh, it was my son's birthday dinner um, that night, so couldn't really break away from that to, <laughs> to right. go live in the venue. Right, right, right. So, so Tracy took one for the team. Way and, to go! Uh, Thank you, Tracy. Yeah, and uh, and so Michael Franti played a VIP set the night before uh, the main um, event. Um, we're gonna have some audio from that. We'll have Jason Mraz, and then also uh, Matt Nathanson uh, played uh, as well. And so we're gonna bring a song from Matt Nathanson uh, in a little bit. Sweet. Yeah. Before we get into all that, though, again, you know, we like to you know uh, bullshit a little bit, talk a little bit, and you know what's prominent on my mind which is kind of seeping its way into the podcast right it is i've heard you mention it at least on one occasion so far um we are in uh the early stages still of hunting season we are and it i mean you put it well it's it is early duck hunting season and opening day is magical then it kind of stalls out a little bit and especially right now it's a dry it's a dry season with no weather uh and uh, and actually, we're getting a call from my hunting buddy right now. We should we should bring him on. We're gonna do this. Okay. We're gonna do this live. We're Special bring, guest. We're gonna bring Joe Wilson. Joe Wilson, how are you doing? Hi, buddy. How are you? Good. Jens and I are recording an episode of Concert Pipeline, and I was just getting into duck hunting talk. So you you came oh. in at you came in at a perfect time. Timing is immaculate. We're in the duck corner. Yes. Yes, yes, we are. So, <laughs> so I was about to tell about the the hunt yesterday. Uh, how, how do you feel it went? Uh, or didn't go? Didn't go. Okay. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I get to spoil for one. Right. Yeah. By the way, there's a character of The Walking Dead who's dead that you don't know about yet. Another spoiler. Is, yeah, we're not going to spoil that on the podcast, right? That's the only part of the day that I took away yesterday. That and uh, good afternoon, officer. Oh, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about good afternoon, officer. Be- no, no, no. I, you know what? I'm in the car. I'm about to pick up my kid. I got to go. I just wanted to call and, uh, and tell you I talked to Colleen briefly. I got to catch up with her. That was nice. I, I'm going to call her again, though, because we didn't get to finish talking. But you guys are doing fun. You guys have fun. Um, shout out to all the ducks everywhere that we didn't kill. Spoiler alert again. <laughs> we'll get we'll get there. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm, I'll tell the story then on your behalf, and uh, I will start with good okay. afternoon, officer. Okay. All right. Have fun, guys. All right. Chat later, man. See you tomorrow. Good to hear it. Good to hear you, Joe Buck. <laughs> he didn't want to talk about. He it. He didn't want to talk about. It. He did not want to talk about it. But thank you for the spoilers, nonetheless. Uh-huh. <laughs> so so we'll talk about good afternoon, officer, which is which is the story that started the day. Okay. All so, right. So. Uh, before we get into any, even the hunt, which uh, we, we, the outcome was largely spoiled, there there was there were three pieces of the morning uh, pre-hunt that would line up to make this day memorable and po- really positive. 
is one like the first one is you know getting out of bed and getting there is oh, that God. involved? Well, well the getting out of the bed was struggle anyway because it was daylight savings today oh, and, yeah. and i was supposed to be at joe's house at 2 a.m and uh but you can't set an alarm for that because as soon as it hits 2 a.m it, it's actually 1 a.m 1 a.m and so yeah I, I had to set a timer on my phone uh instead of an alarm and i used my uh, my daughter's alarm clock as a backup you know i set that up in my room uh and then ended joe ended up texting 20 minutes early and waking me up and i was delirious and you know and anyway but crazy 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 so so i mean essentially you gain an extra hour but the way it went for you is that somehow you lost the hour yes and yes, the, it, the extra hour didn't happen until it didn't happen. later in the yes. day when it wasn't very useful exactly yeah because we didn't get that extra hour um uh, like everybody else did because the hunting starts 30 minutes before uh, sunrise and do the ducks care i mean they're not on a schedule they, they don't care about them our extra hour at all right and and so uh, so we get out, uh, I meet Joe at his place. We're driving, uh, we're not even out of Napa and, uh, blue, blue and red flashing lights. No uh, way. So Joe's driving. Yeah, let me no say. way. And, uh, and so we, uh, we get pulled over. We pull off the exit into you know, a gas station, uh, at the U-Haul area. And, uh, and please tell me you had the guns for the hunting safely secured somewhere and not like on your lap they were not on our lap uh <laughs> they were in the back seat uh not locked up and uh and so uh so th th we get pulled over there's another officer comes around to my side the passenger side of the car and another officer on uh joe's driver's side of the car and you know the windows are rolled down joe says okay wait a minute two officers come at the same time yeah. to both windows yes uh, they're what looking the for hell? they're looking for drunk drivers, right? And so, right. so uh, first thing Joe says is "Good afternoon, officer." I'm like. Not afternoon. <laughs> the, the corner of my mouth is like not making us look not drunk, right? It's like I realize there's a little time difference here, but it's not that big, okay? <laughs> there's no sun. Right. And, uh, and so, so, uh, so it started with that. And, you know, Joe was very polite and cordial and honest. You know, they asked, when asked how fast he was, uh, was going, he said 83 things. And uh, what was the speed limit? He thought it was 65 it was actually 60 so we were sure we weren't going to be able to go out hunting or something because we were just sitting there just like sweating a little bit you know joe obviously had adrenaline running from, right from thinking you know i mean just saying good afternoon and everything and uh i mean just the whole situation right because he was worried about you know i mean they could have gone in a lot of different ways with the guns that weren't locked up but apparently that you know the police don't really care about that you know that's what he's heard before but we're going to start locking them up right um, right right well no wonder he didn't want to talk about it when he called right <laughs> uh, he mentioned the good afternoon officer i'm not going to not talk about that afterwards especially right so 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 there's that and so they take the his information back and they come back and they let him off with a warning Wow. I know. Not even a speeding ticket? No, because Joe was very polite and everything, and Joe thanked him for what they do and, uh, and he, all. He was going over 20 miles an hour, no speeding ticket. Right. Motherfucker. It, how, do you, how does he get so lucky? I know. If it was me, I would have gotten the ticket yeah. for sure. Yeah. I, you know, guaranteed. Right. I have never, knock, knock on wood, I've never been pulled over in California in my entire life. Oh, uh, you're unlucky. Yeah. You also drive like a grandmother, so. I do. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, to, I, in any other state... Boom. Yeah. I get pulled over and I get a speeding ticket. Uh, 
It's yeah. crazy. Anyway, so, uh, so that was the first piece that was good. Good omen. Second piece, uh, he had a number five reservation, which uh, is really good uh, on uh, on the Sacramento uh, yeah, Wildlife um, Reserve, and uh, and so. Um, we ended up getting the blind that we wanted after, you know, he'd worked the averages of uh, birds that were taken into the different blinds uh, uh, from the day before and from the, the prior Wednesday and to, to determine the best blind to be in, a reserved blind. Okay, so just to clarify, a blind is that hole that a hunter yes. jumps into with a little door. Does it have a door? Yeah, it's like a trap. It's know. like a trap. So they trap themselves in kind of yeah. so the ducks can't. It's well, like the you, ultimate. You don't have camouflage. the traps on. You camouflage it around it a little bit, but you don't have the traps on because you're, you know, you're sitting there on a stool, kind of with your shotgun pointed out and kind of and looking around everywhere, you know, for for ducks every every which way, right? So, gotcha. All right. You're, you're sitting there. So, uh, so we had that. And it was Joe and I and his buddy uh, Chris and his uh, and Chris's hunting dog, who is, you know, not a great hunting dog. Hunting dog. <laughs> um, but he's bred to be, um, and. Um, and so the second piece was getting that blind, you know, that we, that we wanted third piece as we walked, we're walking out there, uh, Chris's hunting dog chases after a skunk. Oh, nice. And, and oh. until it was called back, like really, you know, they called it back you mm-hmm. know, and luckily didn't get sprayed or, and, oh. and we didn't cause it was potential. We, we could have potentially gotten sprayed too. Right. Can you imagine the day starting off like that? Oh. So, so we lucked out there as well. Uh, it reminds me of the time you brought your dog over. Um, uh, and you got skunked and in your got backyard. And got skunked in, yes. in the backyard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we were not that, expecting that. That was not fun. No. no. Would have definitely ruined the hunt uh, if, we, we got, if we were skunked. We would have had to leave, you know? I mean, there's no way we could have stayed with that, right? Right. So, so we did, you know, I mean, so we did that. But, you know, I'll jump to the end of the story um, in the interest of time in that we did get skunked. Uh, Joe did get one bird. Um, we got we had one pass that came in where birds came into our spread. I didn't. Sh- I took two shots at them. I didn't shoot well. I did, I, I could have hit one. I didn't. Uh, so um, you know, Chris didn't shoot anything. Joe shot one bird. Um, we uh, Joe and I went off and as well with a hunting dog and chased after it. He took some other shots on the water at it. You know, got it right before it went in the toolies. Um, you know, I was there kind of as backup to try and help, but I didn't, you know, I saw ripples. I was, I was too far away where I didn't see the, mm. the, the actual duck landing. So, um, you know, I mean where, where it was and I wasn't just going to shoot at ripples. So he got, uh, it, it ended up being a, uh, a hen, uh, pintail. Mm-hmm. He thought it was a hen, uh, teal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he actually miscategorized it, but, um, misidentified it, but, it was still a, a fun day out hunting. Um, even the skunk part? Even, even the whole thing. It, it was fun going out friend, with friends and doing it, and it would have been much better if I'd took out taking a bird because last weekend I went, and I don't know if we, I don't think we potted this past week maybe, but last weekend I went and the hunt wasn't as fun. I mean, I went out all day with a, a different friend, uh, did two, hunted at two uh, re, uh, different reserves, and didn't get anything. And yeah. I mean, I, I got one coot, which is a garbage bird. And right. It, For sausages. Yeah. So that was very So, I mean, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. That's the thing with these things. You never know what you're going to get. And the best thing you can do is just be there at the right time, have a great spot, and you just hope for the best. Yeah. You I can't might, really control that. I might go out solo next week um, and just do a solo hunt in the middle of the week. 
you know, not have any pressure or anything, um, and uh, and see how that works out. Because I'm like, I need to hit something at this point. It's like, <laughs> but November's just dry. We get into December yeah. and January, and we start getting some weather. Hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, then it'll be better. But November's not where the. So is there a specific is. is there a specific type of weather pattern or something that well, the ducks rain, rain would be lovely. I mean, yeah, we get some rain and you know that'll bring the birds the birds in. But we just have no wind. Wind is good. Also, that gets the birds moving a bit. But just stagnant, no wind, nothing. The, the water not not moving at all. That's not appetizing for birds. I mean, you have decoys out and it doesn't look real when there's not no movement on the water at all. Right. It's yeah. Like glass, you know, so right. they're not going to come into that and they're, and they're especially they've been shot at. So Sunday is also not a good hunting day to go out, which we'd gone out yesterday and on a Sunday and, uh, and that's not a great day to do it. Right? Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. So, so yeah, so uh, a skunk of a, a shoot, but, uh, but fun nonetheless, mm. hopefully next time I have a better story to bring for, uh, um, well hey this story was plenty exciting (laughs) love the good morning officer part of it um getting skunked is no fun but it always makes a good story right um but i mean i think one of the big takeaways here is that it's not like you're shooting and missing constantly Right? Yeah. It's not about your skill. It's just about the opportunities just aren't there. There weren't a lot of opportunities. I had, I mean, my hunt last last week, there were a couple of shots I should have had, um, you know. And so I'm assessing what the, where the opportunities for my misses are and trying to work on those. It's, you know, I went out shooting clays a lot preseason to teach myself to, to be a good shot and it's completely different shooting clays than it is shooting ducks. And when you're shooting with other people, you're right next to them and have other considerations to take into effect too. And I need to just be able to put out that noise a little bit, you know, uh, and just focus on shooting what's in front of me. Like get in the zone. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and so that, that's where I see my opportunity right now. Um, it's slowing down and, and just focusing on that. So I'm going to, try and do that so all right well sounds good yeah you sent me some of the photos and you look like the real deal dude you're like badass duck hunter hey thank you thank you um so let's get into some music shall we yeah we have like i said we have some uh, musical guests on the program today from live in the vineyard and thanks to them for continually being gracious and giving uh giving us credentials to to cover this event and and feature music that's brought into napa um which uh, is all is always a joy so we'll have another um episode next week uh where we feature some other artists as well um tell you who's coming up at the end of the program but uh right now let's start with uh matt nathanson uh from uh live in the vineyard this is uh, a song he did called come on get higher
Nathanson here on Concert Pipeline, and uh, and so that was a part of the main ev uh, event, which is a Friday and Saturday evening. Uh, they changed the venue this year. They've always done it at Uptown Theater. You got to go mm -hmm. when it was at Uptown uh, a couple years back. That is like, for me, that is the signature theater for this event. Yeah. I can't imagine it being anywhere else. I know. It was weird. It, you know, I mean, I really like... Uptown, and it's only five minutes away, which is a big perk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. But this time they moved it to the Lincoln Theater in Yachtville, mm. um, which is about 20 minutes from me. But, um, you know, and I'd never been there before. Mm -hmm. um, and But it's, a, it's actually a pretty cool venue. It's bigger. Uh, so it has, you know, it can fit more people and, uh, and I'm sure they give away more passes to it for those that don't know live in the vineyard. Uh, and, uh, it's this event that you can't buy tickets to, um, you can only win them from radio stations and promotional opportunities around the country. And they fly people in using like Southwest airlines, one of their sponsors. It's a heavily sponsored event where the sponsors that pretty much pay for the event for it to happen. It wouldn't exist without the sponsors. It's pretty killer. Yeah. I mean, it's a real privilege to be able to, you know, attend one of these. Yeah. And so this is the 10th anniversary of Live in the Vineyard. Um, and so they tried to bring, um, you know, some special stuff to it. And um, and one of those is Jason Mraz, who, you know, last time he was here, he played the Greek Theater, which is easily, I mean, it's like nine times the size of the Lincoln Theater mm -hmm. that he's playing in Yonville for this, mm -hmm. you know, stripped-down acoustic performance, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so we're going to play a song from um, Jason Mraz now. He wasn't, you know, I... I looked at his set list um, kind of leading up to this event and the, the, set, the songs he's been doing on, at his shows, and I'm like, he doesn't do the remedy anymore. And I, that was a song I really um, dug of his, you know, I don't know, back 12, 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe he just got, he played himself out of it. Yeah, he's got newer stuff and he has other, you know, hits now. And But but that was like his first hit and that, it was pretty big. And so it's interesting that he won't, mm. he's not playing it anymore. I mean, I'm sure maybe he pulls it out sometimes, but... Uh, maybe the demand's not that high for it. I don't know, but I would have, I would like to see it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's building up. Maybe he's building up demand for that song. You know, he's got a plan. Like I'm not going to play this song live for ten years, and then there's going to be so much demand that it's going to be like, ah, I'm playing the song in ten years. Here we go, encore. You know, and people will be like, ah, here you go. Maybe that's happening. So. That's what I'd do. Yeah, so we're gonna uh, so we're gonna play a song by Jason Mraz, and then we'll follow it up with one more song as well uh, from Michael Franti, who played the opening night VIP uh, show, and that was even an even smaller event. And, uh, and Michael Franti is a big staple in the Bay Area. He he always does. I mean, he does live in the Vineyard stuff all the time, and Bottle Rock. He's, I think he plays Bottle Rock every year. Um, and, uh, his events are always really, really popular. And sometimes he has like big charity events, uh, that he'll sell like $10,000 tickets to and everything. So Tracy got to, you know, go to the VIP thing with, with him and see this really intimate performance and, uh, uh, really enjoyed it. So, nice. um, so back to back songs here. Uh, we're going to start with Jason Mraz. This is a, uh, a song called, uh, uh, I won't give up. And then um, we're going to play Michael Franti's Say Hey, I Love You. 
uh, here on Concert Pipeline. Here it is.
Yeah, I'll be gone today, but I'll be back coming around the way. Seems like everywhere I go, the more I see, the less I know. But I know one thing that I love you, baby girl. I love you, I love you, I love you. Are you ready, y'all? Michael Franti here on Concert Pipeline. Uh, Jens, we've come to the point of the podcast where it's, uh, I think it's your favorite segment. What is it? It is. It's, it's my favorite segment because, um, you know, we get to share some interesting stories. Um, music news. It's time for music news. That's right. Yes, and uh, and you're right. You, you, we do have some interesting stories here, uh, ones that kind of make me chuckle a little bit. And I'm going to start with the one that kind of makes me chuckle the most. Uh, <laughs> the stories don't always have to make you laugh. It can just be you know interesting. But the but, title on this one, right? The title's interesting, and then as soon as you all hear about you know who it's about, it's like, oh, are you freaking kidding me? 
Ozzy Osbourne drugged by wife Sharon over affairs. Like, who else could that happen to? It's like, if that's going to happen to somebody, it's going to be Ozzy Osbourne, right? Of, of course. I mean, you don't, you almost don't have to go into the story at all. You're like, well, that says it another day in Ozzy's <laughs> right. life, right? <laughs> it's like the rest of the story might kind of ruin it. You know, it's like the title is enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we'll, we'll tell you a little bit about the story. So uh, Ozzy Osbourne's wife and manager, Sharon Osbourne, has revealed that she drugged the legendary rocker in 2016 in an attempt to get him to admit to his extramarital affairs. Uh, I was a broken woman, Sharon tells the son. He sent me an email that was meant for one of his women. Then, uh, then he took his <laughs> sleeping pills. Uh, I put an extra t- uh, two in his drink and asked him everything, and everything came out. Uh, he would never have told me the truth, ever. He was ashamed, afraid. I knew how long. I knew who it was. I knew uh, what he was thinking. And then, you know, you leave. Sharon originally hired a private investigator to try and catch Ozzy having oh an affair. Oh, my God. After she discovered he was spending a lot of money that she couldn't account for. Your wife is your fucking business manager, dude. She's doing the expenses and everything. She's seeing the numbers. Doesn't she know where the money's going? Unless he's, you know, spending tons of cash. She can look at the data and say, okay, this is the hotel he went to and, you know, all this stuff. He's been with her for forever, right? And so she knows his spending style. And then all of a sudden you have all these charges that don't make any sense. Like, what are you doing, dude? You know, <laughs> come on. Okay, wait a minute. Hold the horses. So uh, is this like a recent thing? Like uh, she's really worried, worried that Ozzy has been sleeping with somebody like in the last six months? Or are we talking about his entire career? I I don't think it was going that far back. I think it's just he had a... You know, a rough patch here in 2016. Uh, okay, some news, more recent stuff. All right. Yeah, the news broke in May 2016 that he was hooking up with Hollywood hairstylist Michelle Puh. P-U-G-H. Puh. Like, is that a name or a sound? Um, hmm. And she, uh, she kicked the rocker out of their Los Angeles mansion, and he temporarily moved into the Beverly Hills Hotel. Uh, Ozzy told me it was uh, uh, over when this woman and I, uh, with this woman and I believed him, she explained. Then six months later, I found out uh, it wasn't and there were others. Only then did he come out and say, I'm an addict. I can't help it. Uh, although the Black Sabbath legend underwent therapy for sex addiction, addiction before the pair reconciled uh, with, reconciled, uh, with uh, Sharon forcing the issue further by having uh, the couple renew their vows. Oh, good. That You're, helps. I'm sure that's going to help. Yeah. Yes. Remember these things we committed to like 28 years ago? Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's actually do them this time. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, let's, let's renew our vows just so we can remember and we'll just voice them and, you know, make them real and all this stuff. And, well, come on. I mean, is that really going to change his behavior? I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's turned into the... I think he's going to take more than that. Had to go to the dark side to be able to uh, come out a stronger man. Uh, she maintains a watchful eye over everything for, the, for two main reasons. One, uh, I don't trust him. Uh, I, I worry about that. Uh, I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. And nobody is going to want to ask me out. <laughs> uh, who would ask me out? A big mouth older woman? <laughs> uh, you know Sharon. what, Sharon? Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to. I think the, I think the the scariest thing for me in this scenario is just trying to visualize how this is happening with Ozzy, right? I, I mean, I don't want to visualize about his sexual addiction, <laughs> uh-huh. but if I'm trying to picture this, you know, I can understand. Um, you know, that addiction exists in lots of different forms. Um, you know, sexual addiction exists, but with 
Ozzy Osbourne? Like, are there are there a line of 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 women ready to enable him with this? Or where are the people coming from? Yeah, I know. This is. Uh, I mean, people uh, like fucking rock stars, you know. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's gotta a, be it. It's like, even uh, if they're old, old raggedy, shriveled, bald rock stars, you know, like it's people. You know, women like that shit, you know. Like I on. know. I'm wondering. I mean, are all these people? Um, you know, were they all fans a long time ago? And now it's like, it. I'm sure he's going quite younger too. You go younger when you can. Right. Like, exactly. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they're going younger and, you know, do these people actually know him and his history or just like you said, they're starstruck. Oh my God, you're a rock star. That's it right there. You know, I mean, you know, that's it. They want to be able to say they did it. I mean, let's be honest. I don't want to say he's not attractive, but he's kind of I scary. Mean, <laughs> uh, he's a character. I don't know. I mean, he's yeah. he's a character. Yeah. You know, you got to love him. But, I mean, he's kind of a scary dude. Yes, yes. Okay. You got a story for us, Jens? I do. Okay. What you got? <clears throat> um, I got a story about your favorite band. Oh, I, I, okay. Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness. Yes. No, not that <laughs> band. Um, and I'm sure all of these women are just lining up to, you know, know Ozzy Osbourne in a more intimate setting. That is I mean, they're joke. probably not too far from them. Right? So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Over in the UK? Uh, right. Oh, that's true. But I, uh, he lives in LA, but I'm sure, I think he, he might have a house in the UK or something. Right. Well, anyway, so... Um, we talked about this band not too long ago about a, a reunion, and let's um, talk a little bit more about that. Spice Girls. Color of the world, Jens. Spice up your life. Spice up my life. We have a reunion, or a reunion news. So it looks like things are getting a little bit more serious. Um, we got Posh Spice. Okay. Who is not going to be part of this? Oh, wah, wah. Yeah. Er, er, er. Not, no paycheck big enough for, for her, huh? Yeah. She had to go, you know, marry Bend It Like Beckham guy. Right. Um, so she is not going to be a part of this. But the rest of them have announced a 2019 UK stadium tour. Ginger Spice, Baby Spice, Sporty Spice, and rah, 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 Scary Spice. Okay. Officially announced their sixth date. Uh, Trek with a video posted on social media that you guys can go check out. Six days. Six in days. The UK. And, and just in the like, uh, I don't know. I barely consider that a tour. I consider that a, some shows. You know, that's I mean, like rehearsal. Yeah, you're not really getting out, that, out there that much. I mean, you're may. I don't know. I think you have to have at least fifteen to call it a tour. Yeah, I'm thinking at the very least half a dozen with an extra three. In a different country. Yeah, there you go. Right? Yeah. I mean, I can go to Ireland or Scotland, someplace not too far away from where they are, make it more of a world tour, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I, I, let me take that back. Um, they did say UK, right? So. Yeah, I think it's just there. So. Well, whatever. Um, I have no idea what's going on with these Spice Girls. I just assume they've been in retirement forever. I mean, they should stay that way. but uh, Right, but maybe they've got those fans. You know, they're just dying to see them. And I don't know. It just seems like, why even bother if you don't have the whole... I mean, their thing is like the whole group. Like, it's not like a, just a normal band. I mean, you say band, but they're not a band, you know? So yeah. they're, they're a group, and... I've, I don't know. They do what they want. They're going to cash that paycheck in um, without... You know, which posh, I guess. So. Without posh, yeah. I wonder if she gets some of the money because, 
you know, royalties and contracts and, tours, and stuff. Probably not, though, uh, yeah. If she's not performing. I mean, if they were to do an album or something and she has a partial right to the name, I'm sure she'd get a cut. Right. There you go. Um, so let, let's see. Um, so, uh, yeah. So they say we're going to be on tour. Um, well, uh, us for sure. We're still going to see about Posh. Still going to see. Okay. Still going to see. Uh, but for us four, uh, we're definitely going. There's contracts signed for venues, and she's not. She hasn't signed it. I'm she hasn't it's signed. It's not going to happen. So yeah, yeah. So Posh says, um, yeah, she's denied her involvement. She said, uh, I'm not going on tour. Sounds pretty definite. Yeah, the whole not part. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> what does that look like in the future? It's not me in a cat suit. So maybe she's kind of moved on and she can't really see herself, you know, kind of reliving that or continuing that life again. I, I don't know. Okay. Well, that's probably enough on frigging uh, Spice, Spice Girls. Girls. But we, let's talk about a more rocking reunion, shall we? Yes, please. And that is Kiss. They're, they're reuniting with Ace uh, Freshly for the first time in 17 years. They reunited with Ace um, during an October 31st acoustic performance on Kiss Cruise 8. And the, uh, there's video streaming of it. Uh, the pair last played together in the, at the 2000-2001 Farewell Tour back then. Uh, God, I love Farewell Tours. Uh, <laughs> before the rocker resumed his solo career and Kiss moved uh, forward with guitarist Tommy Thayer and drummer Eric Singer. Um, so the, uh, uh, Ace joined uh, the bandmates on the, their annual cruise for four songs, including their cover of the 1967 Rolling Stones classic 2000 Man, uh, the guitarist hit the cover of the 1975 track, uh, New York, uh, uh, 1975 Hello track, New York Groove, Kiss's 1973 debut single, Nothing to Lose, and their 1975 signature tune, Rock and Roll All Night. Yeah. Uh, he said, this is great. This is so great. Midway through his appearance. Thank you guys for inviting me up. Um, and Paul Stanley said, all this couldn't have happened if we, uh, we hadn't happened. We started this. So thank you for being here. Um, and the uh, acoustic set also featured former Kiss guitarist Bruce uh, Kulik, uh, in the, who was in the lineup from 84 to 96, um, and uh, did a couple songs as well. So there's a little bit more rock and reunion yens. That's cool. That is cool. So you're going to go see Kiss? I told you. I'd, I'd be open to it. I don't know. You want to? Maybe. If they, if they come around here. I think they, I think they are. I think, they, I think it'd be fun. I think a date was announced. You know, they should have come for Halloween. That would have been appropriate. Yeah, well, I think they were on their, their cruise, making some big cruise money. So. Yeah, well, you know, if they come, they definitely should do a Halloween next year or something. You know? Oh, okay, because they have the, the Kiss makeup? As yeah, well. because they don't have to... They just dress up like they normally do and go. It's not going to be any extra. They, oh, they don't. You, they don't need to have specific costumes. No, it's like they already have their costume, and then the fans can just dress up like them or some. You know, continue on with the whole theme. Right. They will be here February 9th at the Golden One Center in Sacramento. Oh, that's not too far away. No, no, it's doable. That's doable. If uh, if you want to go, maybe we go to that. Okay. We'll, we'll think about it. We'll, we'll, we'll think about we'll, it. We'll ponder it off air. Maybe we'll do some, um, some periscoping. Maybe. Yeah. We have a couple minutes left before we need to go to the show we're covering tonight. So oh, that's right. We should get to your next story. Let's, yeah, talking about Halloween, I've got this hilarious freaking story that is really cool if you're a kid. Um, 
Red Hot Chili Peppers, they do this surprise event, right? Total surprise event at a school. Oh, okay. What did they do at a school? Can you imagine if your kid comes home and says, hey, dad, hey, mom, Red Hot Chili Peppers played in our gym. Like, and you're like, what the fuck? I know, I know, right? Ben, you can play arenas, easy stadiums and everything, and they're playing it. And they're playing at a freaking school yeah. down the street. Okay, this is cool. Okay, so the Red Hot Chili Peppers delivered a unique performance on Halloween for students at Viewpoint School in Calabasas. Oh, shit. Did I pronounce that right? Calabatas. There you go. Calabatas, California. And the institution... Um, and the institution are streaming video from the event. Uh, so I wonder if that's still available. Hmm, anyway, maybe worth looking up. So um, it's reported that the appearance at the school, um, attended by some of drummer Chad Smith's kids. So there's the entryway. Mm, okay, there you go. So that's the whole point. So drummer Chad Smith has some kids at the school, um, and uh, this was during Halloween. So it was during the Great Pumpkin Day. Assembly. Oh, wow. Right? So here's the assembly, Halloween themed. Um, and then Red Hot Chili Peppers came in and played a Halloween song called Spooky Scary Skeletons. And then um, they played their own 2002 hit, Can't Stop, from the um, By the Way album. Okay. So they played a couple songs. They played a couple songs. But still. But what gets me is that, I mean, most of the population of, of children just, you know, Probably, it must have gone right over their heads. It's like Red Hot Chili Peppers, what? Who's that? Chad Smith's kid goes to that school. I'm sure they know, you know, are familiar. Would you say that, like, everyone at the school is a a fan because of this kid? I mean, I don't think that, you know, blatantly makes it. But, I mean, people know Red Hot Chili Peppers still. I mean, it's not like they're faded into obscurity. They're playing, like, stadiums still, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're huge. Um, So, they had some fun with this. Uh, The group members got in the spirit of Halloween. Um, for this little mini show that they did, and frontman Anthony Kiedis, Kiedis, thank you, dressed in a schoolboy styled shorts outfit with a mask and bassist Flea, Flea. Okay. in a skeleton bodysuit, while guitarist Josh Klinghoffer sported a green wig, nice suit, and sunglasses. So and Smith costumes. was decked out in a Papal and Papal regalia and wearing a guy focus mask. Uh, you're losing me. Okay, we'll go with that. They're, okay, they're I'm, I'm trying to get the visual and I kind of half got it, but that's kick ass, dude. So when it comes down to it, who the hell rocks out at 9 30 a.m. at my kid's school, right? Right. Red Hot Chili Peppers do. It's the way to do it. Fantastic, man. Great, good on you, Chad Smith and Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, well played, well played. Yeah, and there's a band we just can't seem to go a week without uh, talking about in the music news. What is it? Uh, yeah, you know what? We've got our um, at this rate, you know, he might uh, come onto the podcast one day and just do a, you know, kind of a, a quick guest appearance for us. Never know. Um, so we're talking about. Uh, Mr. Dave Grohl. That's correct. Ah, so, score. So this story is about uh, his legendary $666 bar bill. Uh, Six, oh, yeah, we talked about that. Did we? Well, I don't know if it's the same story, but he has been known to pay other people's 
bar bills or just give like crazy high tips or something? Yeah. So he had a, an impressive tip of $333, which brought the bill to $666. Um, and he was left off. Did we talk about this story? No, but was this on Halloween? Um, no, it was a couple weeks before. So, or it was recent. Um, it might've even been a um, month, couple months ago, but he was uh, left after the, with the bill after the Foo Fighters performed a surprise show in LA for a pop-up gig. Then uh, they hit the Rainbow Bar and Grill on Sunset Boulevard. Uh, and he was talking to a radio station. He reminisced about it. He said, uh, dude, come on. When you get that bill, it says $333. It's like, I'm going to go the extra mile, but it's the sad thing. Uh, I think it was 303.30, but I was too hammered to figure out the 302.70. <laughs> uh, I couldn't do the real math, which would have been strong. But uh, I was uh, like seeing double at that point. And with the drinks total coming in at just over $333, he had an additional 33 to bring the amount paid up to the number of the beast. That's awesome. And that's going more than just a step. I mean, that's tripling the bill. It's uh, it's pretty crazy, yeah, but he, he can do it. You know, that's a right. picture ended up on uh, on Facebook and Facebook twi- shared on Twitter and everything. And so that's cool. Go, go Dave, uh, for, for always being awesome. I'm also thankful, Dave, that you're admitting that you're not the best at math. Yeah. I suck at math. Um, but that's also true when I'm not drinking. So it's, it's he has true. an excuse. Yes. Um, so, so that's our sto- uh, show for today. Uh, thank you all for tuning in, uh, and thank you again to Live in the Vineyard. We're going to come at you, like I said, next week with some more artists uh, who played Live in the Vineyard, including uh, Jewel, um, Emily Bear, uh, this 17-year-old uh, pianist who, uh, I mean, she was amazing. She was on, on at the night that I got to uh, go. Uh, and uh, I think Patrick Droney, Andre, uh, Andres Moss, you know, couple, we have a handful of artists uh, who played Live in the Vineyard. We're going to play some more music for you next week. And, uh, and then we have an interview uh, with... Uh, a band called uh, Armors uh, the following week. Uh, we're about to go uh, do that interview now. So that's what's coming up in uh, on Concert Pipeline. Check us out on all the socials. Uh, and so for all of us uh, here at Concert Pipeline, that's Jan Schiphol. And that is Steve Jones. We will catch you next time. <laughs>